the the big opportunity comes from the leverage that comes behind that software. So the software is great and being able to select on a platform is great. We think that's very important to the process. But who is going to give you the most amount of leverage? Because in order for you, I mean, Sam, if you doubled your business, you would say, well, if I doubled my business, my cost will go down. Well, how does your cost go down if you don't double your business? Well, that's leverage. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Supply chain is hard to define as it's very cross-functional in nature. It starts with receiving goods from vendors at your dock. And then it finishes with how you ship your shipments to your carrier. While these two touch points may be completely isolated, Looking at your supply chain in an integrated fashion could provide significant cost savings and streamline your processes. But it's easier said than done as multiple departments are involved in the process. And it's very hard to execute on the integrated supply chain strategies unless you have executive alignment from the top. In today's episode, our guest Phil Kramer shares his insights into integrated supply chain planning and why companies need to have an integrated strategy for their supply chain. He also describes key TMS processes such as bidding for the freight rates and why companies need to have a process for auditing their freight invoices. Finally, he discusses several stories where the integrated supply chain strategies such as utilizing prepaid freight with vendors on analyzing all your spend across parcel versus LTL resulted in significant cost savings for his clients. Let me introduce Phil to you. Phil Kramer has transportation and logistics in his blood. As a third generation leader in supply chain related businesses. Phil follows in the steps of others who have taken great pride in helping their customers improve their business performance. As you might expect, Phil has held every position from the bottom up in the warehousing, distribution and transportation field. He is now recognized as one of the leaders in his field and regularly consults on strategic logistic and supply chain initiatives. Phil managed multiple companies, including Cardinal Health and E-Consortium, before co-founding and acting as CEO for Victory Supply Chain Services. And now, the evolution of that, Victory 4PL. Phil's in-depth knowledge of supply chain across many verticals has paved the way for the success and diversity of engagement 
that Victory Supply Chain Services has enjoyed over the years. Understanding the customers' inner workings and talking their language is one of the Phil's key skills, helping them create holistic and comprehensive supply chain strategies and then putting those plans to execution is what puts a smile on his face. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Phil. Welcome. Good morning, Sam. To the show. Good morning. How I, are you? I am very good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. It's a beautiful day and I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here with you. It's indeed a beautiful day and I am super excited to have you. I think this episode is going to be so powerful and so insightful because obviously we are going to be digging into something very new, which is the integrated supply chain and 4PL. I don't know how many listeners are going to be familiar with that, but we are going to have a lot of fun. Before we do that, uh, just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal story and your current focus, Phil? Yeah. Um, so again, my name is Phil Kramer. I'm the CEO of Victory 4PL. And my story starts as a child. Um, I grew up in the uh, in a family business of wholesale distributors. And so um, as a young man, as a young boy, actually, I spent a bunch of time in a warehouse. So when I get in the warehouse and I, I smell it and I feel it, I feel at home because that's kind of where I grew up. And so um, I grew up in a wholesale distribution uh, family business uh, to the convenience store industry. Um, started off in the early um 1920s, the late teens, where my grandfather started the Victory Candy Company, uh, did soda fountain supplies um, and, and other type of confection products. Uh, that grew into Victory Candy and Tobacco, which grew into Victory Wholesalers. Um, and ultimately, uh, before the company was sold in the mid-90s, we were a full-service wholesale distributed to the convenience store industry. But Yeah, you know- so... I. Yeah, no, I was, I was, you know, so, so my, my, my history in supply chain has been, you know, for very rich and for many years. And so where I'm at now in terms of, of integrated supply chain is a culmination of many years of, of a lot of knowledge and and hard work and in, in different components of supply chain, be it transportation or fulfillment or warehousing. These are things that I've done forever. So that's kind of my, my long story, Sam. Okay, amazing. So we have some match in the background because I actually grew up in a very wholesale manufacturing background as well. And by the way, uh, you know, our family has very deep background in the confectionery manufacturing. Uh, so we are going to have a lot of fun talking about that. Very interesting. I think so. When I get the people who actually grew up in a business family, I get very different insight from them uh, just because they were they were taught to sort of learn the business from day one. Uh, you know, I, uh, I was expected to know accounting when I was like, you know, five or eight. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so business actually runs in our blood. I'm pretty sure you are probably going to have similar experience as well. We are going to be digging into all of that. But before we do that, we have one of these standard questions that we ask every single guest. Well, and that is going to okay. be your perspective on business growth. My perspective on business growth. Well, I'm in a, I'm in a sector of uh, integrated outsourced supply chain logistics that is growing at a rate of, uh, it's, it's, it's in the teens on, a, on an annual basis. And so companies are starting to understand that individual approaches to their supply chain and not having that integrated, not being able to use the leverage of one area of your of supply chain spend to benefit you on the other, yeah. we're, we're 
starting to we're starting to see the opportunities grow further and it's been it's been really interesting to see because of covid and the supply chain issues that we're having it's really interesting to see a a new outlook from companies a, a more inquisitive outlook as to okay this is how we did it and now this is what we see today what are we going to do that's going to make this better tomorrow and 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 having an integrated supply chain is kind of the first step Absolutely. And I love that perspective, how you are tying these things and really tying, uh, you know, towards the growth that integrated supply chain is probably going to be the foundation to meeting those uh, objectives. So let's uh, dig into this a little bit. And I don't know how many people are going to be really familiar with what integrated supply chain is and what is the level of integration are we talking about? Uh, we are going to have a lot of different, you know, listeners from different backgrounds. Uh, they have, uh, you know, sometimes they might feel that they are integrated, but they might have, let's say they might be on QuickBooks and they might have a bunch of, uh, you know, siloed warehouse systems or whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, what level of in- integration are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, integration more from the process perspective, collaboration perspective, system perspective? So do you want to set the stage a little bit what integrated supply chain is and how the process is going to be from the beginning to end for the people who might be on a journey to create slightly more integrated, cohesive experience as far as supply chain goes? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because there's different levels of integration, as you mentioned. And so, you know, from a philosophy perspective, just yeah. at, the, at the very top level, an integrated supply chain is, is one where you are, are, are looking at all of the areas that you outsource, where you have spent, and that could be warehousing, fulfillment, yeah. and in many cases, transportation services. And, and, and the, the, the high level question and the philosophy that you have to ask yourself is, are you making the most of what you're currently doing and and from an integration perspective you can look at it in a, in a second form once you you know once you get past the philosophy of realizing that there are true benefits to having an integrated supply chain then the actual integration itself and so being able to integrate to an ERP have a uh, an ERP you know, simul, you know, in an integrated fashion, communicate with your transportation management system, which is something very common that we provide clients because within our business model, that comes to them at no cost. So the integrations happen at multiple levels. And, and then taking it even deeper, Sam, the integration of having a supply chain strategy, yeah. one that is defined on an annual basis, checked in on a quarterly basis, but permeated throughout your organization. So all of the areas, whether it be customer service or procurement uh, or, or even the C-level suite, it, it, it's about, you know, it, it's about are you getting the most out of your integrated supply chain and are you able to um, have a, a functioning strategy that everyone in your company participates towards the success of? Okay, so very interesting perspective. And obviously, we are going to peel back a a little bit more so that our listeners can really follow along. So when you talk about the integrated supply chain and creating this framework, uh, obviously, each company is going to be on, you know, different journeys when it comes to their problems. Uh, Every business is going to be slightly different. So I think it may be beneficial a little bit to set the stage which are going to be the companies that are going to have most pain and that are going to get the most benefits when it comes to integrating their supply chain. 
Now, some of the, and again, when we talk about manufacturing, distribution, retail, sometimes, you know, even the manufacturing businesses could be very different. Uh, some manufacturing businesses could be that, okay, I'm shipping two boxes here. Why do I need integrated supply chain again? You know, it might not make a lot of sense for them. So obviously, there are going to be businesses that are going to be really fit for the supply chain, and they are going to be on a different level of maturity overall when it comes to, you know, having a strategy. I mean, when we work with businesses, to be honest, they don't even have any strategy. It's true. It's so <laughs> okay. true. So, okay. So uh, talk about different businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and different companies, listen, no, and Sam, and, and I don't need to tell you this, no yeah. two supply chains are like, even within the same vertical and companies that are even competitors don't necessarily have the same supply chain. So the, you know, there are differences. And companies are in different parts of their journey. Like you said, some don't even have the ability, they don't have ERP systems that are ability that have the ability to communicate with TMS. So in, in those situations, the benefit of having an integrated supply chain may not fully extend to that level of technology integration, but we're able to provide them with online portals to automate some of the processes that they're currently doing manual, whether that's a, a bidding process on a, on a, from a transportation perspective on a load by load basis, yeah. they may be literally going through a very manual bidding process. And so even in, in levels where we're not fully technologically integrated, we're able to provide technology to improve their processes. And again, it's all about reducing cost. And that's, yeah. it's an interesting, it's an interesting part of our model because you know, we're, we're looking to reduce your cost as, as a first line starter. And we do that at no additional cost to, to our clients. So it's a very interesting business model in the sense that there is no cost to our clients outside of the savings. And so we're able to help companies, manufacturers, distributors, retailers, as you mentioned, that are $5 million a year companies okay. up to $400 million a year companies because yeah. they all are on their own different journey and they do have different ways that they can benefit from integrated supply chain. Okay, very interesting. So I uh, really like the scenarios that you mentioned that, you know, if you are going to be doing bidding, uh, you know, for a lot of different loads that you might be sending on a daily basis, obviously, there has to be some sort of integration. And based on the supply chain issues that we have in the market as of today, obviously, there are a lot of different cost factors, the, uh, the cost of raw materials is rising, the cost of supply chain is rising. So obviously, you need to have a little bit of control there. That's the biggest pain for a lot of different companies. Uh, but again, I am actually going to peel back a little bit more overall in terms of setting the stage of which are going to be the company that are right fit for the integrated supply chain strategy. So for example, let's say if I have $5 million business and if I am simply mm -hmm. selling just one equipment, I ship you know once per month, I don't really have any sort of load. Are they? Do they still need to have the integrated supply chain strategy? Are they going to have enough business case to have the integrated supply chain uh, strategy or are they overkilling themselves? So can you describe some sort of variables where they should be finding out whether, okay, this is the right spot that you probably should be thinking about integrated sure. supply chain strategy? Sure. So I'll go just a little bit beyond your example, but yeah. you know, a company that may need integrated supply chain could ask themselves this. If, you, if you're a manufacturer and you have an inbound manufacturing supply chain of vendors that you work yeah. with, yeah. do you pay for the, those shipments and those raw materials that come in? 
do you have control over and ultimate control over when that purchase order gets processed and sent to you? Yeah. We find often enough that clients are not looking at their inbound supply chain as a way of using that integration to benefit themselves. So for example, say in, in an example of a manufacturer making widgets and, and you've got 10 different vendors, what we can do is we can integrate your purchase order system from the ERP into the TMS and then have each of the vendors participate in a vendor portal that allows them to know when that release is allowed to be sent in. And then it also forces them to facilitate transportation. So somebody who's looking, a company who's looking at whether they may need an integrated supply chain can always look towards elements of, you know, as this example, do am I spending money on my inbound supply chain that I'm not getting credit for? Yeah. Do I get an invoice from a vendor that has a prepaid charge of transportation and they add it? Yeah. And and so not not having the ability to route your inbound freight and have that count toward your overall leverage position in trying to negotiate a better deal, you know, that's an area to start. Uh, and there's many others. I mean, there's companies that are that are small that have a tremendous amount of accessorial charges that that are involved in their yeah. in their uh, transportation logistics. So these are all areas where you small or large that you can look into why you may need that and how it may benefit you. Yeah. So this is very 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 interesting. And uh, I don't know if you are familiar with the term called uh, first mile. So obviously there are a lot of different players in the market and they seem to be using the term called first mile. So the inbound shipment that you are describing, that typically falls under the first mile category. And there are a lot of different companies that are trying to do a lot of different things uh, in trying to integrate the the overall journey. They they might be doing bits and pieces at times. They might not be doing complete uh, integrated supply chain. But when we look at, uh, you know, things like vendor portal, obviously, if I'm the CFO of a manufacturing organization, I am going to have a lot of different pain points and I am probably going to have a lot of different solutions as well to be able to explore. Mm-hmm. So number one solution mm-hmm. obviously is going to be the vendor portal that are provided by your ERPs. They are the default. We all know that they don't work very well. I mean, respective of the ERP system that you are talking about, they are, if you are really serious about fixing your supply chain, then you probably need something. Then you are going to have many different tools such as you know you have things like vendor collaboration and they do really good job of making sure vendors are able to access uh, your data, they are able to sort of get alerted on different uh, events that you might have during your PO life cycle. And one of the companies is source day that is actually doing that. But in your case, when you are describing the integrated supply chain, uh, you are going slightly deeper. That's how I am thinking. So you are not only trying to integrate just the vendor collaboration, you are also trying to integrate the TMS component of the supply chain that I have not heard before. So in your integrated supply chain, can you describe a little bit more? What all are you trying to integrate and what is going to be the roles and responsibilities of of each of the world? Sure. So often we find, Sam, that companies, they they have different elements of service that they provide. So yeah. um, and let's just look at transportation for a second. So for transportation, a company may have international, LTL, full truck load, and small yeah. parcel all at the same time. And they are managing these relationships all individually. Well, for starters, there are ways to negotiate. Like, for example, I mean, two of the, I mean, we have two major small parcel players in the States. Um, And so both of those have LTL divisions, for example. The ability to take your your small parcel spend 
combine that with your LTL spend to get a better deal yeah. is one example of, of, of why you may want to integrate your supply chain. Having one point of contact that executes your supply chain. So, you know, once we get through the re-engineering phase of, of, of putting a, a supply chain back together for a client, we execute that. Having one point of contact for that, that understands your business. We, because we often work with our clients' customers and our clients' vendors. And so we have to understand where we fit into the mix. And so, yeah. um, so it's 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 really important to to understand that that is an element the the ongoing support that you get from an integrated supply chain. We can also talk about from a financial perspective billing. Um, you know, do do you want to get one off invoices from the eight or nine different vendors for each and every move that you do, or would a weekly um, aggregate it, what we call a manifest style and uh, invoice be better for you. Yeah. That would be, you know, one, one bill in and, and one check out and it makes it a little, a little better on the, on the payables department. Um, also auditing, auditing is another thing. Like, are you, do you have the time to audit your freight invoices? And then in some cases to audit your freight invoices, you need additional technology to even understand rating tariffs. And so they're, there are quite a, a magnitude of reasons on why an integrated supply chain would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I also want to touch on that first mile thing too. So come back to that. I want to give you an example of that. So why don't you give me an example of the first mile as well? I mean, that'll be very interesting. Yeah. So for I'll, I'll give you an example. This is an interesting one. So we, we had a client in the pharmaceutical space, Sam, yeah. that did um, air freight shipments on an overnight basis, and, and it, it's a uh, it's a very specialized service service, and they would receive orders in real time today that still would go out today for air shipments across the country tomorrow. Yeah. And with the limitations that uh, carriers have in terms of their availability and for pickup schedules, they are not that necessarily flexible in terms of what they're able to do. And for our client, be able to provide that service and being able to take orders up to a certain point in time during a day, still offer that service. We weren't able to get that that match to, to work with the with the with the vendor. So what we created in in this case a first mile solution is we actually ran two sweeps of their facility with a third-party provider that took the freight directly to the airport facility and bypass the entire pickup process. And that's a just a very basic example of why a first mile solution may be important to your business. And again, that that's not a manufacturer, a distrib- a distributor, a distribution company, and the dynamics obviously are a little different between the two. Yeah, so very interesting. So number one thing that I am going to be touching on is you are obviously talking about a lot of different you know, process changes. Uh, you know, when we analyze the process of any company, you could probably have a lot of different cost savings, but most companies in my experience are afraid of making those changes. Uh, you know, the reason for that is because of the disruption, right? That they may have in their right. processes. So sometimes they just yep. don't feel like touching them, even if my, and in case of freight, freight is typically a, you know, minor component of the cost, uh, of the actual cost that they might have. They might have, you know, far bigger line items overall. So typically, you know, they don't worry as much about freight. That is not to say that, I mean, freight is not, important it's equally important uh 
you could have substantial cost savings if you actually streamlined your uh, processes. So in this particular case, when you are changing about processes, the biggest challenge that most executives and the company face is going to be this firefighting between departments. Because when you change anything in the process, uh, you know, what is going to happen is it's actually going to impact somebody else. And they are going Absolutely. to have their own preferences. They are not going to have, have buy-in that, no, 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 I don't want. And depending upon who has clout in the negotiation, some, sometimes it is going to be just one or two people. Uh, sometimes it is probably going to be sales and marketing. Sometimes it is going to be, I don't know, uh, maybe supply chain. If supply chain is really powerful in the organization. So whoever has power mm-hmm. in the organization, they typically win the argument and they are going to be the sort of the, the controller of what is going to be changed from the process, from the from the structure perspective of these transactions, do you see similar issues in your space when you try to recommend these things with the companies? Absolutely, absolutely, and that's it's it's just a great point that you bring up because it's 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 actually something that we see more often than you might think. It it's very important for us to establish what we do and how we do it, and we get buy-in at the top of the organization because of what you just said is so important. Because without that buy-in at the top of the organization and strong leadership, it is very difficult to make this type of change throughout the company. And and while we look at the nuts and bolts and we focus on on those type of things, you know, as I said before, we focus on strategy, and 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 that's kind of the the driving factor as to what are we trying to accomplish and and developing that and helping our clients develop that. Being able to execute it through the company is 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 very important and it's 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 a key thing for you know CEOs and leaders to do. Um, often they they take a back seat to what they're doing. They may not have the intimate knowledge of the details of some of the supply chain you know elements. And so they they will often let's call it kick the can to someone else. Yeah. And so um, you know, in those situations, I, you know, I, I really ask the, the, the CEO to stay involved in the process. We certainly can work with your entire team, you know, in doing the analysis and understanding where you are as an organization, but stay involved in the process because you'll you'll realize that you, you probably know more than you think you know. And a lot of these things will start making sense in terms of, of the strategic vision that you're always working on so diligently anyway. Um, a more elaborate and more uh, pronounced type of supply chain strategy is something that can benefit the company very much so. But it's a it's a signal of of strength. It's a signal of cohesiveness. Yeah. I, I can tell you that I have worked with companies where the CEO has absolutely adored the opportunity to have an integrated supply chain. And then yet not strong enough to make sure that their their team implements it to the point where you, you can't make something work if if you've got this this inner tension within an organization. Uh, a lot of times, you know, beyond that, a lot of times it's, you know, within supply chain, it's very easy to point the finger at the supply chain or the providers within the supply chain. Yeah. And often or not, and we work with clients, and I've, I'm so fortunate to have clients that that understand this and are and are willing to look at it. But 
knowing what's going on within your or your own organization, understanding that not everything that goes wrong is someone else's fault, being able to look at your supply chain as one that has the opportunity to get better, um, even if it's the supply chain folks that think that somehow their job may be at jeopardy, it really isn't that. It, it, it is a it's a it's a far more harmonious relationship that we have with our clients where things get done because they are directed through individuals. And so while some people may not participate in a strategy from a CEO because they feel like their job's at, at risk, the fact is it is it is actually a, a vehicle that could make you look very good or individuals in these positions make, make themselves look very good. So we start with the top of the organization. We start with making sure that the message is delivered there and we have buy-in there. And then we, we talk about what you just brought up. What are the challenges of implementing this? Um, and we've got a full implementation procedure. Uh, it's not an overnight process. It's, it's, a, it's a culmination of an analysis um, with, a, uh, with a, uh, an implementation period that culminates with a go live. And, and so it's a, it's a very structured step. Um, we work with our clients each step of the way to make sure that we are continual at each step, that we're mutually on the same page. Um, we don't charge for any of our early analysis that, that we do. We don't charge for any of our services for that matter. So it's very important for us that we understand what we're working with and we're in a transparent situation and we're creating win-win scenarios. Uh, we, we, at, we, we at times see that there's companies that have very well executed and, and very well negotiated supply chains. And in those cases, we tell them what they could do better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we wish them luck moving forward. So it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, interesting opportunity today to look at supply chain in a way that we haven't looked at it before. Um, we've been forced to do that. And it is creating an open set mind or an open mindset, I should say, and creating new conversations. And that's really what this is all about. Yeah, so very cool. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, this is very interesting. And if uh, companies can figure out, you know, how to really pull off their integrated supply chain, they could really benefit. There's no question about that. But in our experience, uh, typically execution is always going to be a challenge, especially the way how supply chain processes are involved uh, across the departments, across the systems. It's just too complicated to be able to really execute based on the ideas uh, that anybody may have. So one of the other elements that I am going to bring in in this conversation is going to be some of these rate shopping software. So the things that you are talking about, obviously, there are a lot of different layers uh, to the integrated supply chain. One is going to be your, uh, you know, that vendor collaboration that you are talking about from the first mile perspective. Uh, then you have a little bit of TMS component there. But then you also have the cost argument there that, you know what, you need to be really measuring your cost. Typically, the companies that are not going to be really heavy in supply chain, they might have, let's say, the parcel shipping and then a little bit of LTL, FTL, you know, uh, not very much. Maybe we are talking about 50 to $100 million business. Uh, they might not have as much need to fix their supply chain. And they typically utilize things like rate shopping software and they can compare where they are getting the rate, what rate they are getting, and they could get decent cost savings there. In your experience, even if they did that, do you see that they can save further even if they are utilizing some sort of rate shopping software that is providing them all the bells and whistles they really need to be able to compare, to be able to bid with different transportation companies and to manage? Obviously, there are mm -hmm. going to be gaps, 
But in your experience, is that enough? Is that not enough? What is going to be the next stage? Let's say if they try to work with you guys and you try to implement it in a different way. So, I mean, it depends where, I mean, if they're using rate shopping software on a parcel basis, yeah. they're very re- retailized products right now. And so the deals that you can get through those are, they're okay. Um, they're obviously better than, than, than getting uh, no, no deal. But I, I think the, the big opportunity comes from the leverage that comes behind that software. So the software is great and being able to select on a platform is great. We think that's very important to the process. But who is going to give you the most amount of leverage? Because yeah. in order for you, I mean, Sam, if you doubled your business, you would say, well, if I doubled my business, my cost will go down. Well, how does your cost go down if you don't double your business? Yeah. Well, that's leverage. And, and where leverage comes into place is that you're, you're taking your spend and you're adding it to my spend. Yeah. And now you're allowing, you're allowing me to then now negotiate on your behalf to get something above and beyond what you'd be able to do on your own. So while you're looking at rate shopping software, take a further look, a deeper look in who's providing that and, and what went into those rates and, and what type of leverage do they have in the marketplace? Because the fancy bells and whistles on a, on a you know, and, and the automatic bill of lading that flies out, that's great. Um, but it's been in play for a while now. And so there's a lot of it in the market. Some of it companies are paying for, some of it they're getting for free, and the quality of it is so very different. But but in your example, look behind the actual rates and see where that leverage is coming from. Because when you partner with someone like Victory 4PL and you yeah. want to do an integrated supply chain, one of the things that you're buying into um, outside of the uh, the technology component is is leverage. And that leverage is used to get better deals for cost reduction, but it's also used for better service. I mean, you know, sticking to the transportation example, you know, it it could be a pickup scenario. It could be a special arrangement that you might need for a new client. Um, It could be a lot of different things that leverage, this leverage we have together might be able to get me that you can't get on your own. So, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, some of these stories. I don't know if you're going to have, because obviously uh, if the manufacturer listeners or any of the listeners that they have, uh, if they want to follow along and really want to uh, understand whether they are going to have any sort of opportunities in their environment, the best way to learn is going to be uh, to use a story. So maybe, I don't know if you're going to have a story where, let's say, if they were not as integrated, you know, you like looked at a bunch of KPIs. So what were those KPIs that you figured, okay, these are the symptoms where I can really bring value to this company. So talk about those KPIs. What were the initial KPIs that you agreed with the client that, okay, there are some potential opportunities here. Then what was the journey that, that when you actually went from your non-sort of integrated supply chain to integrated supply chain, what was that journey like? Mm-hmm. Well, Listen, as far as KPIs are concerned, the granddaddy that I find that everybody doesn't have in the beginning that they want to have is on-time performance and, yeah. and different levels of metrics of performance. Did my orders get shipped when they were supposed to? Did they arrive when they get? Did they get processed when they supposed to? Did my did my my deliveries come into my third-party warehouse on time? These are all elements of that. The example would be a, a client that is interacting with, let's say, eight to 10 different outbound transportation vendors on okay. a daily basis. This is a company when, when, I, when I first got to them, they were individually working with eight different 
operations people from eight different companies. Okay. They were seeking they were seeking these transportation rates on a load by load basis, on a day by day basis. And so that is now, you know, so we, we have a load that comes into the pharmaceutical place and it's got to go out tomorrow and it's a quick turnaround. And now we've got to go communicate with 12 different companies yeah. to get a price. We have to figure out which price is the best price for us. And then we go ahead and engage that provider. It could be that a company's, I often find a company just sending an email out to 12 different companies and waiting for responses to come back. The, some of the issues that you have with that is that's a tremendous amount of wasted time. So, so you have a scenario where you're wasting process, you know, very valuable time. You're not even necessarily getting the best rate back because you have out of those 12, you've got some that are not responding. So you don't even have a real full, complete way to get all of the, your bids back. And when you do do that, they were getting back in a, in a less than timely fashion. And when you're trying to get things out same day, you need answers quick. This is, you know, to, 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 to tell us another story, even using that same client, this is a client that over years has grown and grown into um, uh, a company that really needed an ERP integration. They put an ERP system in, but they were not feeding these orders over. They still wanted to have that manual process of keying these orders into yeah. the system and then making a selection. So, you know, this is how I found them where they were individually working with vendors. Then we grew them, but then, you know, some of their own philosophies limited their growth within how to benefit the most from integrated this, this integrated fashion, the, the, the technology integration in that, in that case. So we did a time analysis study for them that actually went in and processed all of the orders that they did and how much time it actually took for them. And this is, this is post implementation after we started to work with them and found out that they had somewhere between 35 and 40 hours of processing time just to get those orders into the system. And so you, you know, you have to look at things along that line and be willing to say, Hey, you know, I, I am willing to take a look at, um, and doing an, an ERP integration into the TRMS for that reason that I can save 40 man hours a week. Um, and, and and now what we're dealing with today in today's market is just a lot of labor shortages. And do we want to spend that type of time, even in an integrated fashion, keying those type of orders? And so I hope I hope those were like example stories that that kind of fit what you were asking. Yeah, yeah, they definitely fit. And I am actually uh, going to ask for some more details in the story so that my listeners are able to follow along. And not everybody is going to have as much experience with the integration workflows between your ERP and TMS. So what I am really looking for in this specific example that you just mentioned, what was the order of operations? Okay, where are the orders coming from? And why do these orders need to come to ERP? Are they coming from PMS or are these outbound shipments? So do you want to talk a little bit more about the order of operations? Yeah, and and here's the, here's the funny part, Sam. I mean, it it was coming from ERP, so it was okay. already coming from ERP. But they, this company, felt like you know. And again, we get so hung up in past processes and yeah. and hung up in the way we used to do things. So now we put this brand new shiny ERP system in, but yet we are kicking these orders on a pa on a on a piece of paper out to a transportation office in the warehouse to then make manual decisions that can be automated for them. So these decisions that 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 they're making, they're not, you know, they're they're not 
big decisions. We've got the ability to understand profiles on each of the places we go. So if they're dock hours considerations or things you should or shouldn't do, we can program that in and, that, and the system can make that decision. But often it's basic things like what's the cheapest way? Yeah. What's the fastest way? And so if, if it's just those decisions that are being made, we can offer you know artificial intelligence that makes very simple work of making those easy decisions based on profiles that are set up. So it is in this in this example it is really stumbling to see that the integration capabilities and the 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 type of system that was put in which is top of the line from what I understand I won't I won't pretend to know more about it than you do yeah. but you know it's a, it's a very well known named implementer in in in, in the space and for you not to do that it seems it's it's almost criminal because you know not only you're not taking advantage of systems that that you've invested a tremendous amount of money in but you're not taking the the processes and enhancement and 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 savings that come from that um also all for the the just to appease the way things used to be and that, and that's that's an example that may be prevalent in a lot of places but you have to understand take the time to understand what are you trying to do and then educate and we can help our clients educate their workers to know that this is not something that replaces what you do this is something that enhances what you do and often we provide solutions where some of the same vendors some of the same asset based vendors are doing the work that was that did the work before but it's doing it under another set of rules another set of eyes and ears and and structure that allows you to accomplish what you're trying to get done. Yeah, very cool. So we are going to talk a little bit more about the transportation piece. As you know, Phil, you have been in this space for some time and transportation is treated in my experience in the organization, just like a stepchild. <laughs> Nobody really, you know, pays as much You're attention right. to transportation, right? So now if you are really heavy on the transportation piece, as we have agreed that there could be a, a lot of cost savings if you really analyze your process from the transportation Even if it's just that piece. Exactly. Yeah, even if and it's just that piece. If you think more from the you know the way transportation companies operate and that's their bread and butter so obviously they need to be really 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 sophisticated be sophisticated in their operations so if any of the companies are going to think more from the transportation perspective obviously they are going to get a lot of cost saving so now i am going to ask you one question related to the maturity of different tms systems and the tms process as you know there's a whole gamut out there in the TMS world as well. There are different kinds of systems. You start with, you know, very small TMS system, maybe rate shopping software, but then your needs mm -hmm. are going to grow depending upon whether you are managing your internal fleets, whether you are sort of combining all of these different things. The more you are going to be involved in the transportation, your needs are going to grow. So do you want to talk a little bit about the hierarchy of the systems that we have and how these features develop? as companies grow in their maturity so that they are not putting this functionality inside their ERP or e-commerce, because that mm -hmm. is something we see always as well, that you know they just don't understand the boundaries between the systems. Okay, what is TMS versus what is ERP versus e-commerce? And they are simply trying to design uh, TMS inside their ERP or e-commerce. Right. And, and and some of the big ERP companies have modules that are that they have their own TMS integrated modules. And then in those cases, you have to decide, you know, is it is are we taking that function on to manage that process? Because, you know, you know, back to the pharmaceutical company, if they've got a they they've got an ERP and and they want to purchase the TMS, 
you know, then they're they're almost making the decision that, you know, hey, we can still integrate with our service providers, no doubt, but the function itself of the logic, the AI, all of the decision-making processes, how you evaluate your profiles, all of those different things are really done um, in the TMS that's a part of their package. So when you look at the the, the scale of TMS, smaller companies um, often are, are buying, you know, very uh, limited capability TMS packages where established relationships need to already be in play for you to plug that information into your TMS. And so on a small scale, that's kind of what you have. Um, and then you've got, you know, if we just kind of break it into three pieces, if you kind of look in that middle scale, the middle scale is companies that have, maybe if they've had a system like the one we just discussed and they realize it's not doing what they needed to do um, and they need more. They need to be able to do the type of KPI analysis and reporting that, you know, we talked about before um, and they need the ability to connect to their uh, to their vendors they, and, and, and things have evolved, you know. I find companies in positions where they are, you know, they they are in a position to make significant financial decisions about a TMS, and they, they don't necessarily have all of the pieces put together to even make that decision. And so, I find companies in that position, and it concerns me because number one, at that stage of the game, you're talking about a TMS that's going to execute something that you either going to do yourself. Yeah. where you need someone to help you do. And that's back to that leverage piece again, where am I going to negotiate this myself or do I need a partner to negotiate? If you need a partner to negotiate and that partner has a top tier TMS system, we can talk about top tier in a second, but a top tier TMS um, system and you can get that for free and you get the other things, then you're at that stage, that middle stage where you have to decide, like, am I going to make this investment in a TMS module on my own as a part of my ERP? And if so, where does the leverage piece come from? Who's going to get, where do I get that piece that like, yes, the execution and the bells and whistles are there, but um, do you like, for example, on an LTL negotiation, on a, on a rate negotiation, do you have commonly used uh, um, LTL rate tariffs? And, and do you have the ability to price through that? Some of the, some of those TMSs will give you that, but do you have the knowledge of, you know, knowing what, czar light rates are and and how they get programmed in and 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 then being able to to incorporate that into your negotiations using what the tms can do to go back and say mr carrier i don't want to use your proprietary rate schedule because it doesn't mean much to me what i'd like to do is i'd like to negotiate on a rate structure that's commonly used in an in in the industry and so while you flattered my folks with an 87 percent discount we really find out that it's far less than that and so that's the, that's the kind of thing that I think where the focus could and should be put. All right, amazing. So that's it for today. Do you have any last minute closing thoughts or remarks for our listeners? I preach, this is what I like to say, I preach a philosophy called the healthy supply chain. And I think that if you look at your supply chain as a living, breathing entity within your organization, then you will treat it in such a way where it's taken care of and cherished and honored rather than treat it. What did you say? Treat it as uh, what? Uh, somebody's uh, step uh, stepchild. Yeah, step, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, yeah. Exactly. So it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's something that's really important to your organization. 
um, outsourced supply chain is where I focus my time, but your entire supply chain and, and the parts that you don't outsource still become a part of your strategy. So I, I encourage everyone to think and, and, and for those who have the ability to make a difference, think about what you're doing and do you see room for improvement? Do you do you think your health? Do you think your supply chain is healthy? Um, interestingly enough, on our site, we've got a way to take that test, and we've created a, a really unique test where it answers a series of questions and then provides you with a score at the end that allows you to see where on the scale of healthy you are in your supply chain. And the questions that are asked are very much detailed as the way our conversation went today. They're going to ask a lot of questions about how you do things, how you see things, how you interpret things, who's involved in what, and it gets to a point where we're able to process and give you a score. And it's not a perfect science, um, it's the first that I know of that 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 that's out there, but it's just a way to get an idea of where you are. And so I would say focus on seeing your your supply chain as a, a living, breathing entity that needs to be taken care of. What you put into it is what you'll get out of it. And that's no different than our bodies. And so that that I think that would be my my best advice. And you know, anybody who needs assistance with looking at um, different elements of their supply chain, we're always here to give anyone. So, and my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be that your supply chain is far deep than you realize, uh, and the kind of integration that you can really do from the supply chain perspective, and the opportunities that you will be able to see if you really did what integrated supply chain really means, uh, then you are mm-hmm. going to see those opportunities and you are going to find those opportunities. On that note, Phil, I really want to thank you for your time. This has been a powerful episode. Sam, thank you. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Phil, head over to victory4pl.com. That's V-I-C. T-O-R-Y number 4PL.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Colby Young, who shares his insights on the nuances of PO lifecycle and why it is critical for seasonal businesses such as cosmetics, Also, the interview with Fred Cartwright from Haversack, who shares his insights into the nuances of transportation management systems from different perspectives of manufacturers, distributors, 3PL facilities, and transportation companies. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or dm me on any social channels i'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help thank you and i hope to catch you on the next episode of the wbs podcast thank you for listening to another episode of the wbs podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.